Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, this is Deborah. My stand-up show, The Guilty Feminist Stands Up, is at Soho Theatre and runs from the 30th of November to the 5th of December. There is only standing room and I think one odd ticket left, but we will be releasing some every single day. Uh, so go to SohoTheatre.com or come down to the theatre and try your luck. We're also recording a live episode of The Guilty Feminist Proper at Shakespeare's Globe as part of their Women and Power season, 6pm on Sunday, the 12th of December. Our guest is Cathy Lett, the magnificent Australian writer. But don't worry, you won't be freezing outside. It'll be the indoor, beautiful, candlelit Elizabethan space. And don't forget, Camp as Christmas, our LGBTQ plus refugee fundraiser at the Union Chapel on the 16th of December, hosted by me and Tom Allen, starring Sandy Toxvig, Jessica Fostigue, Travis Alabanza, and many more. For all of these, check the links in the show notes or go to guiltyfeminist.com. And we have a brand new podcast from the House of the Guilty Feminist. It's called Media Storm. And we have two investigative journalists, Matilda Mallinson and Helena Wadia, to explore stories and ask first those who are usually asked last or not at all. This week's episode, you will hear from refugees, specifically about channel crossings, and it is such a tragic, tragic week to release this. Um, but it's never been more necessary. It's a wonderful, engaging podcast that the world really, really needs. So please go rate, review, subscribe to Media Storm and support 
for new podcasts from the House of the Guilty Feminist. And now on with the podcast. I'm a feminist, Deborah. I am. I'm a feminist, but restaurant-wise, when someone just decides to choose the food for the whole table, especially if the whole table is just me and them, I get a huge, huge, huge boner for that. (laughs) Even though it's really domineering. Oh, you find it sexually attractive when someone says, we'll have the paella. When they're like, I'll order for us, shall I? And I'd be like, uh... Oh, you find that a sort of act, a sort of sexually dominant. I mean, in my head, it's one of those things, there's a bit of conflict in my head. I'm like, oh, will we? Will you order for us both? Will you? But my pants go, yes, he will. Wow. And that, is that only, when you say he, is that only for man? Well, it just happened for- recently with a man, yeah. Oh, and you found it sexually exciting? Well, I don't know. Just a vaguely, a bit of a, a vague tingle. turn on the bossiness of it. Mm. <laughs> Also, just relaxing, isn't it? When you've got a podcast about eating, people are always going to ask you, I'm eating now. There's a bit of satsuma in my mouth. So sorry. I'm, I'm rarely not eating. So people come to me for advice about eating. And it's so nice when someone's so confident that they just take over. I, really I, sexy. I, I find it equally sexy. And I don't say mm. I approve of it. I say I'm mm-hmm. aroused by it. Yeah, there's agreed. different things. I'm aroused by hardly anything I approve of, and it's a real problem. Well, I'm bad, a feminist, but I'm aroused by things I don't approve of almost exclusively. Yeah, totally. I I'm a feminist, but the other day in a restaurant, I came in a little bit late for a meeting, mm-hmm. and a man did that old-fashioned chivalrous thing where he got up out of his seat a little bit. Yeah. He just did this. He just stood up because I came in and then sat down again. Oh wow! Thought, he sort of oh. honoured you with a little bit of standing up. Yeah, it's very... That's, not, it, that's a few steps away from a doff of a cap in 2021, yeah, it's a, isn't it's it? Yeah, it's a chivalrous thing. Gorgeous. It was quite posh mm. that men used to do, probably a generation yeah. ago, where they stand... And I really enjoyed being stood for. It made me yeah. feel very ladylike. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's funny, isn't it? I'm sorry, I had, but it did. I had a boyfriend once who was stature-wise, absolutely minuscule, tiny gnome of a boyfriend... But he still did a thing where if we were walking along any pavement, he would insist on standing roadside. Oh, yeah, Um, my brother used to do that. So that if a car came onto the pavement, he'd be the first to die. But, I mean, theoretically... I thought it was so that mud wouldn't splash on your dress in the horse and carriage Oh, I see, yeah. No, I I felt like it was more of a, I'm here to protect you. Mm. It's so so toxic masculine. It's so infantilising of me. Like, I'm... I'm in my, I was in my 20s. I wasn't just going to run in the road. I'm not four. But equally, I just thought, what a kind man. Yeah, also, he didn't want mud splashing on your crinoline, on your bustle. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's protective, whether it's um, protective from being hit by a car or mud from or a mud, horse. Yeah. I'd um, rather, I, most of the time, I'd rather get a bit of mud on me than hit by a car. Yeah, always. <laughs> but, I mean, if one has a gentleman caller. Yeah. Let's be incredibly honest about this. He yeah. can have the muddy trousers yeah. slash be running to my car. Like the patriarchy has got to be good for something. Yeah. And if it on. keeps mud off my bustle, yeah. then get, so That's be it. it. I want that to be an Edinburgh show. Keep mud off Deborah's bustle. Is that mud on Deborah's bustle? <laughs> Deborah's muddy bustle. <laughs> That's a kid's book. That's your first kid's book. Deborah's, Deborah's muddy, muddy bustle. bustle. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Listen. I'm not close to the idea. I'm not. I'm not. Okay. I'm not married to it. But I'm nor, nor, nor am I blocking it. I have to okay. say, I'd be open to the yes ending of that. Okay. Okay. 
Love to hear it. Yeah. I'm a feminist, but when a waiter gets my order wrong, I 100% just pretend that's what I ordered anyway and it's delicious and thank you. Oh, um, do you? Even if it means, and this happened recently, that it's something not only I don't want, but I can't have. <laughs> oh, no. It was, a, it was just a drink. It was at a gig. Uh, but I was asked if I want a drink and I said, yes, I'll have this, please. And instead he bought... It's not a bad, it's not awful. I wasn't an allergy or whatever. I could have had it, but he bought a Coca Cola and I had asked for a, like a soda water. And I was like, I can't. I was nervous about this gig. I was like, I can't have that much sugar and caffeine. And it was late. I was like, I can't have that now. I won't, I won't sleep <laughs> and I'll feel really sick and jittery just before I go on. And it's too sweet for me, that drink. It's not a calories issue, as obviously. But I was like, I don't want, I don't want that. I can't have that now. So you just it's nearly ten at night, it, paid I just for had to it, let and it didn't go drink it. Warm, offer it to others, and never got have, to hydrate. Never guzzled it. I'm gonna. And, then, and every other comedian, they were all lovely in that green room. Went, why didn't you say, please, may I have the drink I'd actually like? And I was like, no way, no way, God no, I'm not rocking the boat like that. No way. I can see that in a green room. In a restaurant, I'd go, oh, I ordered something else. Mm. But in a green room, I never want to look like a diva. Yeah. And in a green room, my only yeah. rider, I've said this to people in in uh, backstage at theatres, my only rider is that you spread the rumour that I'm incredibly down to earth and easy to please. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want any... Body saying, oh, she was a great big diva. She sent it back. She, I'm sure she said a Coke. No, no, I want this. I want that. Having been on tour with you, you're not a diva. If anything, you're like a benevolent, like the, on tour, those deliveroos. I still have erotic dreams about the oh, sushi yeah. we shared pre-tour show. You were so kind. You always made sure every all of us had some kind. And there was ritual in the pre show feast it was a fun awesome thing it was you're, you're an anti-diva Deborah. It was, that that's was... me spreading your rider rumor now oh well, i love that i love that because i used to order big wanga mamas because the first couple of nights of the I tour the 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 people who were touring us uh i guess it just wasn't in the contract that they yeah. fed us but but the thing is we were there all night and sometimes mm. we'd come out and nothing was open like not even a kebab shop and we'd yeah. get back to the hotel and there was nothing like sometimes we like missed supper and we ended up having, like I re- remember. We just had to have so much wine. We just had to have so much yeah. beer for dinner. Raging a biscuit tin in the hotel room or something, you know, yeah. like, and I was like, this can't be supper. So that's I started ordering enough. them on my delivery room and thought, well, maybe I'll discuss it with the producers later. But then it never really came up. And I just thought, oh no, we'll just, but it was so fun, like to get a bunch of welcome mothers or something and everybody, yeah. everyone really enjoyed it. Um, so just to be very clear to all mm. the listeners out there on Her Majesty's Internet, Jess Foster Q has, in fact, reinforced the idea that I'm incredibly down to earth and a very charming person and not at all a diva. And you've heard that here and that's set in stone now. Please tweet it. I've doubled down on that. I'm a feminist, but historically, when ex-boyfriends have let me pay the bill in the restaurant every single time, because admittedly I earned more than them, I longed for them occasionally to have just a soup song. Just a tiny bit of toxic masculine pride. Just enough for them to sometimes, just sometimes, want to at least go halves. I think that's fair enough. Do you? I really do. Yes. Yes. I have been out with some leeches. (laughs) I hope they're not the same men who are going, I'll order for us both. And then making you pay. If you order, you pay. No, the recent, like, extremely confident I'll order for us both... Also, in excellent feminism, both times I've eaten with them have gone halves. 
Yeah, I'm a feminist, but I will not get aroused by going Dutch. I'd rather pay than go Dutch. Okay, got it, got it. Go I'll Dutch means go time. halves. Yeah, everyone pays for themselves. Yeah, it's not a sexy thing to do. It's just the right thing to do. No one, if anyone, you are, you are oppressed. If you have had to, if you've managed to get a throb on over going halves, you are, you've had a shit time. You need to up your bar. I found out, oh, I don't know if I'll get in trouble for this. I'll check if we're allowed to keep it in. But it's like the dearth of sexy things for queer women to look at until recently, to the extent that my girlfriend told me that one of the first things she ever had to masturbate over was the instruction manual that came in a box of tampons. What? (laughs) I mean, the bar has been set too low. That's equivalent of someone getting their rocks off over going halves on a bill rather than getting it bought for you or getting the thrill of buying the bill. You do not, to have so little to look at that to turn you on as a big gay kid or teenager that you had to look at the instruction manual for tampons. No, that's absolutely, that's too low a bar. Really funny though, isn't it? Really funny. And And for me, an absolute touch that I've ended up in a relationship with someone so easy to please. I can do a drawing and yeah, yeah a sketch perfect. a little Just sketch a sketch that's and she'd play. be like she'd be happy yeah. young people listening this is what life was like before the internet you'd be scouring yeah. for pictures people used to like get the catalogue from like Marks and Spencer because there'd be pictures of models in underwear and things like yeah. that but it wasn't sexy it was like you know men in Y fronts and like yeah. it, granny pants but it was like whoa they're not wearing full clothes and that's how people <laughs> That's what turned people on. That's what got people excited. So you are, in a way, much luckier because you have access to more images, but in some ways unluckier because you'll never know the excitement of those images. Your bar, their bar gets higher and higher and higher all the time to the extent that eventually they won't be able to get turned on unless the person they're looking at is inside out. (laughs) (laughs) And now on with the podcast. Okie (laughs) dokie. From a variety of bedrooms and kitchens via Zoom, the Spontaneity Shop presents The Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis White, guest co host Jessica Fostergu, and our very special guests, Anna Shari Heiner and Vera Chernigina, talking about LGBTQI people in Ukraine. This is The Guilty Feminist, the podcast in which we explore our noble goals as 21st century feminists and the hypocrisies and insecurities which undermine them. I'm Deborah Francis White, with me is Jessica Fostergu. We're talking about LGBTQI rights in Ukraine. But before we get our guests on, Jess, let me ask you, how are you doing? It's okay, thanks, my love. I've had a good week. Um, I saw you, I've seen you in real life this week. That was always a sign of a good week. I have had a radio series commissioned, which is a touch and brought me a lot of joy and means I can continue working with some people I've loved working with and talk to some really amazing weightlifting women. That's as much as I can say on that for now. And today I achieved my first ever, this will mean nothing to most people, but it's a huge deal to me. I felt happier than the day I got my degree. I achieved my first ever toes to bar, which is a gymnastic movement that I didn't think a heavy old lady like me would ever learn. And oh my I've God, my mind you're not even 40, Jess. What are you talking about old lady? How old are you? 38. No one wants to hear old lady. No okay, one wants sorry. to hear that. And also, middle-aged lady. I tell you what, there's women in my the women in my gym are all in their twenties. And there was one the other day, Debs, where I said, "Oh, I'm not bad, not bad for an older lady." And she went, "How old are you?" And I went, "I'm 38." And she went, "Whoa!" 
Oh, she looked shocked. Yeah. Yeah, she was like, oh, yeah, which is okay. a compliment, but also like, oh, God, oh, it's can not. Can I just say, 38 is really not old. 38 is no. still young. But if you are hanging out with 20 year olds, yes, yeah. it is. Because yeah, age think is I'm... so relative. Yeah. And think about when you were 19, what you thought of a 38 year old. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So, yeah. When they don't expect to see quite a podgy one doing a toes to bar, and I've absolutely managed it. <laughs> well, I don't know what a toes to bar is, but I'm going to just quickly look it up so that I can see okay. what you've done. Okay. Toes to bar, toes it's, to so bar. So you hang off a rig, so you have like a bar ahead of you, that sort of bar you might do a pull up off, mm. and you do a thing called kipping where you you learn to use your shoulders oh. and hips. Oh, this does look impressive. To swing, and then you flip your legs up, and then your toes have got to touch the bar, so your body sort of concertinas like a yeah. sort of so hinge sandwich. Yeah, so both your hands. Yeah. Your hands are hanging off this bar. Yeah. Like in the Olympics. Yeah. Um, parallel bars. And then your toes go up to meet your hands. Yes. And it's so much harder than it looks, especially if there's quite a lot of tummy in, tummy in the gap. Well, that looks the... absolutely extraordinary. Well, yeah. you know what? I, I would say, as a feminist who is looking to strengthen herself, I heard someone recently who's a, he's an Olympic show jumper. He said, you have to become addicted to progress. And he said yeah. he was quite unfit, although he's a show jumper, which is, I thought was interesting because I thought they were very yeah. fit. But he said the horse does most of the running. So, yes, you've got... <laughs> That's very funny. Said, yeah, he said you've got core strength. And of course, you are strong. And, you know, mm. but he said in terms of my aerobic fitness, right. it wasn't as good as it could have been. And he yeah. said I was getting puffed out after I was running five minutes. So he said I wanted to get better. So I thought I'll run a marathon and I went from someone who couldn't run for five minutes to running a marathon. Wow. And he said the thing to do is get addicted not to outcomes, but to progress. A hundred percent. Enjoy really the journey. It's the same with everything. And so my thing that I've been doing is dancing. Yes. And I am so... You're great at it, Deborah. I've seen the videos. I Well, I mean, you know, I'm showing you my best work in a video, let's be honest. But I've been doing a lot of, and don't laugh, don't laugh. I'm going to challenge you. I'm absolutely doing, ready not to laugh now. I've been doing a lot of ballet. And Good you. Yes. Why not? Um, and I mean... To be, I'm not going to ever make me watch anyone watch me do ballet. Let's just be honest about that. I'm not. What if they not, beg to watch? They can't. They okay. would have to pay a lot of money to my favourite charity. If you would Noted. have to give, I don't know how much a thousand pounds to choose love, you can come and watch me do ballet bar. But I'm mostly doing oh. bar. I'm not like you know. I, I'm doing pirouettes and things like that. But mostly it's to strengthen me. But I really enjoy it, like doing plies and yeah. tondus and you know, you know, lifting like a certain weight. But you've got to hold yourself. In a certain yeah. way, wrap the backs of your legs round and hold your core very strong. Yeah. But it's you've got amazing. This kind of it's, lovely ballet it's, music going. It's incredibly, it. it's incredible compound core strength that you oh. need for all of those things. There's a lot of, there's some elements of Olympic weightlifting that are definitely like related to dance in terms of the, it's not just strength. It's about movement, rhythm, muscle memory, and lots of being able to do lots of different movements at once in a rhythm. It's really fascinating. A bit like ballet and football as well. There's always people draw parallels there, don't they? It's all these paths align, really. And if you find your thing, is ballet bringing you joy? Do you feel excited before you do your ballet? I really love it. And or do you ever I, not want to do it? Yeah, of course. Sometimes you think, oh, I'd rather stay in bed or whatever, but I'm always pleased I have. And once I'm doing it, I'm always enjoying it, even when it's really hard. But the, it is true that I've become addicted to the progress. Yeah. Because obviously I am never going to be a ballet dancer. I think we just need to be incredibly clear about that. That is not my goal. But... I love being better at the things that I'm getting good at. And I love how much longer now I can kind of stand on my toes and hold myself erect. Incredible. Um, my balance is so much better. My strength is so much better. But also 
Jess, I used to hate standing around at parties or like, you know, mm. just standing around when people are chatting. I was thinking, why well, I want to sit down? This is really boring and hard and, you know, I, I feel a bit, ugh. And now if I have to stand around, I just do my first position and wrap my legs around and hold my core. And I find I can <gasps> quite enjoy holding myself up at a party. Wow. And I can notice my posture on stage. If I see a picture of myself on stage now, a little video of myself on stage, I think, oh, I'm really held. Ooh. And that's what I wanted Lovely. And I love doing the ballet bar because I keep feeling the progress. And sometimes I do stuff in the centre now, which is much harder because you've got nothing to hold on to. Wow. But I just love the progress. I'm sure I'm very bad compared to... Oh, you know, shush it. I am deeply impressed. But my, You're but, better at it than no, no, I am I, or I'm, ever will be. I'm sure I'm so I'll impressed. never be good. But at the same time, it, I'm really good compared to what I was. And that's all I care about because I'm Great. never going to be... You know, I just love doing things that I'm never going to do professionally because it really takes the pressure off it. So, so this is just fun. Yeah. And can yeah. I do something more this week than I could do last week? And it doesn't always work that way. Sometimes I get quite good at tap dancing and then I have a week where I'm like really all just like won't work for me. Or I have a session because I'm tired or something like that. Yeah. And then I have a really big breakthrough two weeks later. Yeah. And so I think in our feminism, mm. we should be looking for progress, not perfection. Yeah. And in our ability to take up space or send our drink back, Jess. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, totally. Send your or drink back. kindly and warmly and thankfully, gratefully. In our ability to um, step up and ask for more and uh, ask for more for others who yeah. are more marginalised than us. I think we should be looking for progress and we're too often looking for perfection. Yeah. Addiction to progress is a lovely... Mm. Uh, thing I think and I th and something that ties into that as well is if you're working you know if you're doing a program if you're working on the steps towards something um trusting the process as well is yeah. a really interesting thing even if you when the next time you come to test yourself you don't make it that time it might just mean you need to go through that process again you've got to trust your process and then even if you go okay I'll try a different process but if you don't have faith in it you won't get there that's right uh and I think doing things where you go, there is no perfection. There is no end game. There's just, there's just, there's just. No, movement. I'm not going to the gym, like the Olympics as a gymnast. <laughs> um, no. Although yeah. you have competed, you have competed, haven't you? You did compete in that. Yeah, in challenge. absolutely lawless strongman competitions strongman. that anybody can enter. I think, Jess, you're a feminist, but you're competing in something called strongman. And that's the name of the event. Yeah. And they don't call a strong woman or strong person. no. no. Yeah. I think we should campaign to change that. Yep. Yep. I mean, there are probably more important things. That's a bit white feminist of me, isn't it? To campaign to change <laughs> the name of the strongman competition. Who cares? Uh, you know, it'll probably just change of its own accord at some point. Yeah. But yeah, I love seeing you get stronger. And I know not, you know, we're very privileged to be in a position where we can make strides physically. I know some people yeah. are not in that position for all sorts of reasons, um, both disability and access and, you know, all sorts. Mm -hmm. Um, but whatever you are working on, addicted to progress yeah. is the thing. Um, totally. And don't worry if it's two steps forward, one step back, or don't worry even if it's two steps forward, two steps back, as it sometimes feels, or three steps back, because eventually there will be an upward trajectory mm. and we all have to root for each other. Now, this brings me to our guest today um, because our guest today started an organisation called Sphere NGO. And they are desperately trying to make progress, but it's not them that's finding it hard to make progress. 
it is, in fact, the social structures in the place where they live. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Our guest today started an organization called Sphere NGO to provide a safe space for women and LGBTI people in Ukraine, where often people are attacked and harassed for their identity. Please welcome Anna Sharihaina and Vera Chenigna. Um, so this is Jess foster Hello. My co-pilot. Hi. My cat just mewed there, Deborah, to celebrate your um, name pronunciation. Did you hear it? <laughs> I didn't, but I appreciate the sentiment. Yeah, she's a very supportive I've, feminist. <laughs> delighted yeah. to hear so. I've, I feel very proud of myself. <laughs> so firstly, thank you so much for joining us, Vera and Anna. We really appreciate it. Tell us a little bit about what the current situation is in Ukraine for LGBTQ. We would say LGBTQ+. Plus. Is I intersex? So the situation in Ukraine is the following, that it's not criminal offense anymore to be a member of LGBTI community, but we don't have equal rights uh, with heterosexual people. And uh, most of the rights are connected to the right to have civil partnership, which means that if people are not married, so they are not allowed to be present in the emergency room with their partner, they cannot adopt uh, children and all other rights which are connected to marriage. So it's been decriminalized. When did that happen? In the it was decriminalized. Uh, so it was decriminalized in 1991, uh, but we still have very strong stereotypes in society and many people believe that LGBTI people, they are either sick or criminals. 
Wow. So there's a real cultural issue with bigotry against LGBTI people. Так, і не тільки, бо це провокує не тільки відсутність законодавства. And the absence of the proper legislation is not just about stereotypes, but it also provokes hate crimes, threats, bullying and different attacks on, on the community. What kind of attacks? So I would like to say a few words about our community center for LGBTI people, and so that is the place where LGBTI people can come and to see people like them. And we decided not to hide the exact address of this place, not to make it secret, but we decided vice versa to make it public, even though we understood the risk that our opponents or homophobic people can come and harm people who come there. And over the past three years of the existence of the center, so we have had about 20 attacks of uh, like different level of gravity. And uh, here we are talking about they like threw in the light grenade inside the building or like to the level of just vandalizing the outside wall. They throw a grenade in? Light, light, light and noise grenade. So not the real grenade, yeah, but... Oh, a light and noise grenade. grenade. So, so it frightens you. No, it, it, it is. Uh, this kind of grenade is prohibited uh, based on Ukrainian legislation and uh, it is considered to be arms. I don't know if I've got any questions. I'm just computing it all. It's awful. Um, but it's amazing that you have made this safe space. Um, mm-hmm. um, what, what can be done? Because actually, you know, it is a safe space compared to the outside world in that context. But it, Equally, hearing you talk about it like that, it doesn't feel like an objectively safe space if it's constantly under attack. So, I mean, there's so many ways of looking at this. I want to know, on, first of all, maybe on a really like um, specific level, but this community centre, like what can be done to protect it and keep it as a genuinely safe place for people to come, a place of asylum by the sounds of it from society. And then there's the much bigger question of where do we even begin with the whole of society? I suppose it's easier to start with the community centre, isn't it, really? No, I will answer the first question. It was a When we are talking about the safety of the centre, it was a strategic decision not to hide the address, not to make it secret, because we believe that visibility brings security in the society. And for that reason, we are organising prides. We already have three prides in Kharkiv. And uh, I believe that, that these are the important steps to do. Uh, and but of course uh, we uh, care about security. We have certain rules about safety and security, which we deliver to all our participants. And it's not that we just open the door and welcome everyone. Yes, so we are protecting those people who come to our place. Amazing. And it is amazing that even after this attack, people keep coming to the community center they, and they uh, visit our events and uh, in particular they come to Kharkiv Pride. 
The biggest, a very big problem of uh, these attacks is that people who commit them, they are not punished. So they can use uh, arms, they uh, can injure people mentally or physically, And uh, but uh, police uh, don't investigate these hate crimes uh, well enough, So and people are not punished for these actions. And therefore, it sends the signal to other uh, people and to the society overall, uh, the attitude of our government to human rights. And uh, if we are uh, answering like the second part of the question about what can be changed in society, I want to say that we are really grateful to Amnesty International for inviting us to participate in uh, Right for Right Marathon because uh, we uh, believe that it is very important to send the right signal to Ukrainian government uh, from the international community that hate crime have to be investigated because uh, this is their crime against people's dignity. So can I ask a question? Is there a law against hate crimes uh, against LGBTI people in Ukraine? Is it against the law to do this? At this moment, uh, there is no clear definition in Ukraine uh, for the hate crimes against LGBTI people. So there's no law against it? No, we don't have any separate laws. Uh, in the criminal code, it is mentioned that uh, hate as a motive, but uh, they don't mention sexual orientation or identity. But these people are being criminals because they are physically attacking you, they're vandalizing your property, they're throwing grenades through windows. So that in itself is a crime. So the police could pursue them, but they don't because they say, oh, we don't care. It's only the LGBTI centre. We don't care. Uh, so it is partly true when we talk about that it is crime and the police uh, uh, can investigate and uh, prosecute those people regardless yeah, of legal definitions. But it's not only that they say that, oh, we don't care because it's a center. Sometimes they say that, oh, that's uh, what they deserve because they're freaks. And if they uh, were quiet, yeah, so nobody would attack them. And if they are so visible, so they... That's what they get. Oh, my God. And at the same time, we have the chance uh, to share surveillance footage, photos and videos with the police, as, uh, but uh, police uh, don't use it as proof. So it's sometimes, I suppose, more effective to use social media to share that evidence and then use international pressure to change police behavior. I believe that in Ukraine, uh, the, like, the public opinion and people in general, they are more flexible than those people who work in the system. I mean, in uh, public institutions and police. And uh, now we we can feel a little bit more relieved because uh, we feel uh, less pressure from these strong young guys uh, since the moment when the uh, former minister of interior uh, like left his post. Uh, so and now we are hoping that we will get proper investigations of cases like this.
And maybe if my last comment was not so clear, I would like to clarify that uh, there are some who uh, believe that there was a connection between certain homophobic groups with the police. So what can we do along with Amnesty International and their Right for Rights program, which is a program if people don't know it, where uh, lots and lots of people write in about human rights to a particular government uh, or part of a government to bring pressure to bear from the international community who say, hey, this isn't good enough and we can all see you and this is embarrassing for your country, so change this. It's a great programme and it really does work. Over the years, it's worked in many cases to release uh, political prisoners and to change policy because governments just don't want that kind of international scrutiny and they just say, hey, like, let's just fix this because it looks embarrassing and it looks like we don't pay any attention to human rights and we should. And so right, right for Rights really does work. We know that. What can we do in this case, along with Amnesty, to right to your government about your rights? And so in Ukraine, as far as I know, so the letters will be written and collected and sent to the Ministry of Interior. And that is the institution that uh, we want to get, like, the, we want to get their attention. Uh, I think that it is very important to write that we see what's going on. We uh, then human rights, that is the value, uh, international value yeah, for the international community. And uh, uh, so it, it's important to show that our neighbors, they share this value with us. And also in particular, you can mention the proper investigation of uh, hate crimes. Well, um, if you're listening to this right now, you probably have a device nearby or on a device. Um, all you need to do is look for the link in our show notes, or you could just go to amnesty.org.uk and just search for Ukraine LGBTI campaigners attack. And there'll be a clear and quick action there for you to automatically write to the Ukraine government. If everyone who was listening to this podcast did that now, whether you're on a bus, you're at work, you're falling asleep, you just take the two minutes to quickly do that, it will make an enormous difference. And it could literally be the difference between somebody uh, being hurt or not hurt. But the, the queer community in Ukraine being protected by the government or just simply being thrown to the wolves and ignored. Uh, so if we all just took the time, and it would honestly take you 90 seconds to two minutes, it would make the difference. And it could make the difference between someone's life being saved. So it is a genuine act of feminism. Can I ask some joyful things that happen at Sphere, uh, which is your safe space for women and LGBTI people in Ukraine? Can I ask what's lovely about going there? What do you look forward to? What kind of events do you do? Uh, so I personally organize lesbian parties there. So when I have time and resources, so I do it like something good for myself and it can help me relax. Nice. I think that the most important thing that is going on in our community center is that people feel normal. 
And uh, it, maybe it, it can sound strange, but I think that it is important for a person to have this feeling that I am one of them and uh, uh, people in this community, like people respect me. And, uh, for example, about the events, uh, tomorrow I'm organizing the uh, showing of the documentary movie uh, on Dignity Day. And we also organize a lot of discussions, so it's pleasant for me that we have uh, not only some entertaining uh, events, uh, but we also have a chance to have the discussion and to find like-minded people who we can discuss some easy and difficult topics uh, like to, to talk about. Uh, it's also a place for volunteers, for example, those who are participating and organizing Kharkiv Pride, so they can come there and make posters or plan their events or activities, performances. And I can talk uh, really long because we work five days a week and uh, something is going on there every day. It sounds great. I'd love yeah. to come and visit. Uh, yeah, please. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> Can Jess and I come together? Yeah. Super. It could be, it could be good uh, lesbian uh, woman party. Yes. <laughs> Jess loves a good lesbian woman party. I love a good lesbian woman party. She's... We'll bring a different kind of noise and light grenade. <laughs> we'll bring the positive okay. kind, party kind, yes. a disco kind. Okay. Jess's fiance is a playwright and Jess is yeah. a comedian yeah. so I feel together they could come and bring um some excellent lesbian entertainment she'll bring some really sad plays and I'll just tell some <laughs> jokes about animals yeah they're sort of yeah. sad and happy together I mean they're both fun and happy I don't want poor Steph to be to be implied her <laughs> plays her plays are not as funny as Jess's comedy but no, that's not they're not yeah. trying to be okay. they're not trying to be um yeah. Uh, but I do comedy as well, so we could come out and do uh, do some kind of pride-like fun event. I don't know. We, I mean, the problem with English speakers is we tend not to speak any of the languages very well. Yeah. So we might be doing this in English. I don't know if Helena would agree to interpret for us while we're there. <laughs> Uh, uh, we are working on our English all the time, so it will be a good chance for us to practice as well. I would love to watch Jess do stand-up comedy, but have every line interpreted to <laughs> yeah. see if it's still funny when it's oh, translated. Thanks, Deborah, for wanting to watch that. I really want to I want that. to add. <laughs> I want to add that in the time it took you earlier to say the name of the web address that people should go to to sign the petition, I signed it. Excellent. Well seconds. done, Jess. At seconds. 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 And it could save lives. Right for Rights really does work. Amnesty has a long, long, long history of changing policy and getting action done and delivered. Listen, we love the sound of all your pride events and the, mm. the sound of your community centre. We're sorry you're so consistently under attack and you've been attacked 20 times in the last three years. I mean, that must just be constantly frightening. And of course, you don't know when that's going to escalate. So we really want to do everything we can as feminists to support you in the UK and around the world as guilty feminists uh, to make sure that we show solidarity with you and we let the Ukraine government know we are watching. 
Uh, thank you. That's what inspires us to go on. So if we get support of feminist uh, women and old people. And old people. All people. But all of them are going to be old. Some of them are going to be old. We love old people. We love young people. We just love people. Um, so we just we just didn't quite understand why you would have said that because we're both twenty three. <laughs> <laughs> There's no need to laugh at that. That's <laughs> Without any interpretation as well. I'm just saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. No interpreter needed. Thanks very much. I look lovely in this light. I could be twenty three in this light. I don't want any any laughter about that. Um, I'm having a good hair day as well. I'm feeling yeah. I'm feeling myself. Um, <laughs> I mean, in the American use of that term, yeah, that sounds rude. You, yeah, no, I'm grown up enough not to have even laughed. <laughs> Clearly, a lie. Um, listen, we love what you're doing, and yeah, we we want we want to support you and and help Amnesty support you in your endeavour to be allowed to live fully out, proud, loud, visibly, and never under attack. Um, so we send all of our love from the guilty feminists around the world to Thank both you, you, Anna and Vera and everybody at the Sphere uh, safe space. And we wish to make your safe space much safer. So thank you so much. Hey, mate. God. That made me feel like business. crying at the end. Shit business over there. My God. Never felt so privileged. I know. It made me feel like crying. What, what an amazingly lucky... Yeah. Um, thing to be to be queer where we're queer it's not uh it it's is, horrible I I, mean, I, my own experience of that has been not for me you know but of, of conversations like the one there is speaking to friends who've come from eastern europe to live here because of how awful it was to live where they are from in their mm. you know their country of birth i mean it's Oh, dear. I know. I've got one Eastern European friend who says, oh, never again. She'll never go back there again. Although, yeah. obviously, with Brexit, yeah, well, there may it. be a, you know, she's trying to hold on. She's an architect. She's trying to hold on to her status here. But she's like, oh, no, you're totally called a freak. Fucking hell. You know, all of this sort of stuff. And it's just, I think we don't really realise, and this is one reason I really want to do this thing, Campus Christmas for the Say It Loud Club. mm is the idea of pride when you come from somewhere where either homosexuality or queerness is criminalised or even if it's not criminalised, if it's demonised mm. to such an extent in the culture, the way that Anna and Vera talked about it. Yeah. Then the idea of pride, you know, you have to fight for pride every single day. And I think it's really... It's really easy to think, oh, how could that be? But in this country, it was like 1967 that it was decriminalised. Yeah. So clearly that didn't change overnight. You look at 80s and all no. the police brutality against LGBTQ people. You look how long it took to get equal marriage. Yeah. I mean, that happened about last Wednesday. You know, yeah. so the, the <laughs> idea that, the, you know, this, is, this yeah. is something that has improved quite recently, but for LGBTQ people in this country, but the difference in people's mental health. Yes. Having full rights to say, no, this is my husband, this is my wife, this is my spouse. Yeah. And to be able to have equal footing to adopt children, to be, yeah. you know, obviously there's not that there's no homophobia or homophobic attacks in this country. There definitely are. 
but there's something about the social structures, the, the legislation saying, no, full rights as a human being. This is illegal. Yeah. This is a hate crime. Well, it's different, isn't it? You get things in society where society lead the way and then the law changes in accordance with that. And then you get things where you pave the way by changing the law first. Mm-hmm. But um, either way, society is the, the, the marginalised group and their allies have to yeah. fight for both of those changes hand in hand. And these amazing women are doing their bit to change the visibility of queer people in their community. Um, but yeah, you need to wade in and back a big organisation like Amnesty to change actually the behaviour of the government, the law, the police, the institutions. Mm. What a risk. Yeah, I mean, they are so... I mean, the things, the things that comedians get called brave for and then you talk mm. to women like that. You just go, man, they're, they're visibly queer women who will not hide their safe space and say, well, how is it a safe space if it's underground? It's not safe. Yeah. It's safe because it's visible because mm-hmm. we say no. And also we know we want people to know where it is so that they can come and be safe there. Yeah. But then, of course, they must personally be targets. And um, and oh, yeah. that, that joyful space that they hold inside or when they go out together as a, as a team for Pride events, you know, is one where – they know that, of course, there could always be some kind of attack and there are frequent attacks. So, you know, it does behove us. Where the LGBTQ community has made bigger strides mm. in this country, it behoves us to, as feminists, say, hey, look, this is not very far away and yet look yeah. at what's happening and to try and get behind them. Yeah, I, really, I really felt moved by them and I really felt like yeah. I would love to actually go out there and meet them and just had a little daydream about you and me and Grace Petrie and a few, you know, Sophie Duker and a few people going out and doing like yeah. a fun event out there with them because it would just be really lovely. Could be a bit amazing, wouldn't it? Yeah, to be in that space. I mean, I don't know how our jokes are going to land. No, I don't know. I think we might be better going with a play. Shall we bring Steph? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Although I feel like the challenge of doing stand-up comedy there it's funny, isn't it? Would be wonderful. Eddie Izzard would say yes to it, so we, sh- as feminists, should be prepared to give it a go. We could phonetically learn it, like all we could have get a, like a few laughs just watching you trying to say everyone's surname. Thank you, Jess. They absolutely cracked up at that and at the bit where we thought that they'd called us old. <laughs> <laughs> Especially so those are the, the angles people. we could. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen. We, I'm sure we'd do something. They, I think they'd be very welcoming. They seem to really light up at the idea of us coming yeah. over. So maybe that's something we could plan for for next year. I'd love to. I would really love to as well. That's why I'm so excited about the show we're going to do together. Jess called Campers Christmas. Yeah. Say it loud. Sixteenth for December. Yeah. Because say it loud at at the Inn Chapel. Because say it loud is run for and by refugees who are fleeing homophobic criminalisation and violence around the world. And often they're asked things like when they get here, like, you know, the home office will go, well, you don't look like a lesbian. And they're like, well, yeah, but if I look like a lesbian in Cameroon, I'll be dead. So yeah, that's why I don't look like a... And also there's not necessarily the same iconography. Um, so, no. Also, so, what does a lesbian look like? That's ex- rude. Like, exactly. No, a lesbian doesn't look like anything. Yes. You know, like Come a lesbian on. doesn't necessarily look like anything here. What they mean is... Some days I think the only ways that I'm sort of presenting as a lesbian is the cat fur that's on my trousers. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's your fiancé. Yep. There. Um, She's not always there. I don't carry her around like a rucksack. Are you, do you identify as bisexual or lesbian? 
I am definitely not lesbian, um, but I identify as queer because I've had run-ins and troubles with the labels bisexual or pansexual. So I go with queer so that I don't upset anyone. I, and it's shorter than saying I'm liable to potentially fancy literally fucking anyone. <laughs> not very catchy. Um, uh, I swing uh, always. Yeah. I swing always. Well, I am very excited to have you on our big LGBTQ plus lineup. So to do it, what a lineup! Here on the sixteenth of December, I'm hosting with Tom Allen, the one and the only, the most charming and talented man in comedy, in my opinion. And we've also got the Queen herself, Sandy Toxfig, in the house. Yes. Um, Jess Foster, Q, Jen Brister, um, and some lovely people like Raven Smith, Travis Alabanza. Um, Celia A.B. and uh, Russell Tovey and Rob Diamond from Talk Art are coming down to do a little double act. But also there's some acts that are so on fire, I'm not even allowed to say who they are yet. They're not allowed to be announced yet. No. So it is going to be the, ex- the holiday extravaganza of your actual dreams. It really will be Campus Christmas. So come down and let us make your Yuletide gay. Um, at the Union Chapel on the 16th of December, and that money will go straight to those refugees who need to find community pride and logistical support. And some of the money will go to Dr. Rola Hallam um, because she is alarming Syrian schools against bombing. So um, we would love to have you down there doing something wonderful this Christmas, December 16th, especially as we had a real half measures Christmas last year and we weren't yeah. able to do a Christmas show at all. In the meantime, if you haven't yet gone to Amnesty and done Right for Rights, do it. Jessica, Foster Cool, would you like to plug anything? Um, I've got a podcast called Hoovering. It's all about eating. And I am running a new material gig in Camden in North London. Some Mondays, a um, uh, few left in November. I don't know when this is going out. Um, or a bunch that will be publicised very soon in 2022. They're cheap. They're new material. They're full of lovely, lovely comedians. Only the lovely ones I'm booking. Yeah. Honers Club, Jess Foster Key's Honers Club, because people are honing material. Deborah comes up. down sometimes, and it's a blast. In fact, I do. Um, and thank you. In the meantime, if you haven't yet gone to Amnesty and done Right for Rights, do it. And Jess, it's been wonderful to have you here at the Guild of oh, Films today, and we look forward to having you again soon. Thank you. You have been listening to The Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis White, guest co-host Jessica Foster and our very special guest, Anna Sharihaina and Vera Chenigana. The Guilty Feminist theme tune was composed by Mark Hodge and produced by Nick Sheldon. The producer was Tom Salitsky for the Spontaneity Shop. Thanks to Rachel Craftman, Jeannie DC, and everyone who made this episode happen, as well as all of you for listening. For more information about this and other episodes, visit guiltyfeminist.com. Woo! So I'm going to just practice doing your names and say... Please welcome Anna Sharihina and Vera Chenegaina. Is any of that anything like <laughs> how you pronounce your names? Because I've just run at it. I've taken a confident jump over a fence there. Have I landed in any way properly? My surname is Chernigina, but it's more complicated than you said. Uh, Chernigina. Chernigina. I've got it. Chernigana. Nay. Chernigana. Chernigana. So is it, is it Vera? Vera Chernigana. Vera Chernigana. But there's more of a flourish on the... I don't know that my English mouth is going to be able to get the <laughs> sound. So I'm going to do my best for you. And Anna, 
Sharehina? 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 Sharehina. The Guilty Feminist is provided exclusively from Acast. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com.